you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Let's rank some teams, everybody. Welcome to NFL Power Rankings, presented to you by Energizer from our studios here in Los Angeles. My name is Andrew Siciliano. We are here every week on the NFL Fast Channel on a podcast as well with Eric Edholm, whose new rankings are right now for you to look at and get excited about and get angry about on NFL.com. Eric, I thought it was a pretty great week of football. Week one was fine. Week two is the overcorrection. Um, We get angry week one. We overreact. Week two is just kind of settling in. I agree with you. I think week two, like you said, did sort of level the level thing things a little bit and give us a little, sort of little more perspective. Is it a one game aberration? Give us in week one, sort of evidence of what this team, in any case, is going to be. So yeah, I liked week two. Action seemed a little better, and also we had some a, a little more evidence about what these teams actually are. Goes to NFL.com and you see the two and oh 49ers, a win in Pittsburgh and a win here in LA over the Rams are your number one team. There's no change there. With the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Dolphins rounding out the top five. But Eric, evidently, you don't watch all the screaming head shows. And you (laughs) hate America and hate America's team because you have the Dallas Cowboys, who are going to go undefeated, Eric, who have a plus 60 scoring differential through two weeks. You have them as the fourth best team. What can I say? The fun police strike again, but I'll let you in on a little secret. I I, I know it's only week three here, but I I do want to give you a little insight to what I'm thinking here is always give you a letter both sides of the bread, Andrew. I picked the Cowboys to win this in the preseason, and now I've got hedged a little bit. You know, down a little bit. Arguably number two, sure, I can make that case, but Right now, they're at four. They're sitting comfortable. Four is a pretty lofty spot. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll admit it. I think they're really good, and I thought they'd hit their their streak at the end of the season and not play as dominant. Certainly, uh, you know, last week's impressive offense performance really, you know, rounded them into form. It's a little for a dominant defense performance in both games. Obviously, I was saying it sarcastically here and not trying to take away from any of the teams ahead of the Cowboys, the three teams ahead of the Cowboys, but they are dominant, and that's what stands out from the Cowboys and those other three teams. If they go to Arizona this week, Eric, and they blow out the Cardinals like they have blown out the Giants and the Jets, do they climb higher or do you need to see the teams ahead of them take a step backwards? I will say, I know Arizona's on the far end of the uh, power rankings right now, but they've played pretty competitively, right? They gave the Commanders a game in Washington. You know, they had their best offensive output last week. Now, let's not talk about Arizona's second half, but still, this is a better football team, at least competitive-wise, uh, than I think a lot of people realize. So we'll see. Obviously, Josh Dobbs gave a little spark in the first half. Maybe he can do something, but I suspect that Dallas defense is going to dominate. And if they do, absolutely, that'd be three Dominant performance on that side of the ball. And let's see what the offense does. They do have some injuries in the offensive line. Yeah, and the Chiefs also have a suspect offensive line. I want to double back to them. Donovan Smith, Jawan Taylor, yeah. neither played a great game. They survived, though, 
in Jacksonville. To me, Eric, we could talk all we want about Travis Kelsey and make the, the Taylor Swift jokes. By the way, go to my TikTok. That, that Travis Kelsey video is taking <laughs> off now, and it is a month old. Not, not that I want to shamelessly promote any other social media platform. Um, that said, Chris Jones was the most important player on that field in Jacksonville. I agree. Yeah, you saw him obviously kind of hovering above the stadium uh, in week one. I'm sure a lot of Chiefs were ready to escort him down to the field level. It didn't happen. Obviously, they played pretty well, but you could tell the difference he made. That fourth down uh, sack was a huge play in the game. Had a pass defended as well. You know, had that that pressure on Trevor Lawrence on the ball he threw backward that went out of bounds. So, yeah, Chris Jones was all over the field and, you know, makes you wonder how could they not have avoided this, this uh, you know, the contract dispute. But it happened. They lost week one. They were back with a, a semi-vengeance. And guess what? That defense, I thought, was, was pretty darn good, and even if Jacksonville had their opportunities. Uh, that defense now gets to face Justin Fields and a Bears offense. Actually, it's just the Bears all the way around. Um, that's an absolute mess right now, and that game is coming yeah. up at Arrowhead this week. We could have this conversation about how, how high they should be next week. Let's get to future champions on the Power Rankings show. That's presented to you by FanDuel. And let's get to the Dolphins by showing you the odds in the AFC East. Right now, the Dolphins at 2-0 after winning in Foxborough on primetime by an inch or two on, on that final lateral are the favorites in the AFC East. Eric, you have them at number five this week. Mm. They get the Broncos coming into Miami. Uh, you know, I, I felt like Bart Simpson needing to write on the chalkboard Sunday night. I will no longer question Tua. I will no longer question Tua. <laughs> um, I am now a believer, and so far they have enough defense with Vic Fangio to keep on winning. A big start to the season for, for the two. On crowd, right? He's been terrific, and he looked in control. I thought when they took away, you know, the obvious Tyreek Hill element. Anytime you play New England, they're gonna, you know, throw the kitchen sink at him. He just ran with it. He threw to Braxton Berrios in key situations. He wasn't afraid to check down to his second, third, or even fourth options on a couple plays. So, you know, this was this was high level quarterbacking, even with some mistakes here and there. Uh, they let those playmakers, even the lesser known ones, make their. Uh, you know, their presence felt in that one side and took what was there. And that's, I think, the way to beat New England. And guess what? They have six road games left and nine home games, and they're 2-0, and both with conference victories. This is an amazing start for the Miami Dolphins with all the questions we had about Tua. Was Mike McDaniel, you know, the right guy uh, for this job? Vic Fangio comes in and, and makes his imprint felt, especially in uh, Sunday night, I felt, against the Patriots. So, yeah, you can't ask for a better start from the from the Dolphins. So I think we absolutely have to consider Super Bowl contenders at this point. Especially when you look at the rest of the AFC East here with the Patriots at 0-2 for the first time in over 20 years, 22 years actually to be specific. The Jets fighting through, at least for now, with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And the Bills, I haven't figured them out yet. I know they are still a very good team. The Bills-Dolphins yeah. matchups, we have two of them scheduled coming up later. I know both will be great, but that to me is the AFC East. The AFC North is a bit of a mess. I still think it's the best division in football, even without Nick Chubb. You have the Ravens here, Eric, moving up three to number seven. They went into Cincinnati. They did a job on Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense. More on that a little bit later. The defense, without Marlon Humphrey, Without Marcus Williams, mm -hmm. the offense, without J.K. Dobbins, John Harbaugh found a way again. 
this was kind of a classic Ravens win, right? I think even Harbaugh said something to that effect. I mean, you know, the, the running the football without JK was a great committee work there. Offensive line seemed to play a little bit better there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love what I saw out of this offense, whereas week one, I kind of exited thinking, hey, this is still a work in progress. They're trying to figure out Todd Munkin's system, how best to use these playmakers, a little too Zay Flowers dependent week one. Lamar spread the ball around. When he had his opportunities to run, he took them and really beat up a good front seven for the Bengals, right? And you can say their secondary is young for them or what have you. That's fair, but... I mean, he was running circles around him. And then defensively, as you pointed out, without those those great defensive backs, they did a number on, on those receivers, at least in the first half, and, and, and gave themselves a chance to win. So uh, a total victory, I thought, for Baltimore. Kind of hanging on, but still an impressive one in Cincy. Yeah, and there are more injuries, too, not just the ones that we listed. They did that without Ronnie Stanley and without Tyler Lindebaum. So without their left tackle and without their center, not just average left tackles or centers either. Very, very good players, and Lamar had time to throw. He had time in this new offense to find his third read, even when Odell Beckham Jr. didn't play in the second half. And to me, that's the most encouraging thing to take away from this. The Bengals are a mess. Again, as I mentioned, we'll do them a little bit later. Lamar looked like the quarterback that they wanted Todd Munkin to develop. I I say develop, it's year six, I realize, Lamar is not a rookie. He's not Anthony Richardson who comes into Baltimore this week. If he's able to play, he's in concussion protocol. I mean, that's what they thought they were getting when they brought Munkin in. I agree. I I mean, all all the stuff we saw at Georgia with with Stetson Bennett, I mean, he's translating a lot of that to Lamar. Now, Lamar adds his own little spice and his own little flair to it because he's an improvisational genius. Even he doesn't know what he's going to do at the start of some plays, but he makes them work. And so within the framework – They've made a jump from week one against Houston. You know, I thought who, who defended him well at times uh, to week two, what we saw against Cincinnati. It was a step up. Now we'll see. Can they keep it going and, and really uh, develop that identity that Munkins brought? And say this too about the AFC North. Brought. The Ravens have the best quarterback situation right now heading into week three in the entire AFC yeah. North. And it's not even close. Not even close. And I don't know that anyone, yep. as much as we love Lamar, would have thought that we could have said that as definitively as we can say it, heading into week number three. We roll on on NFL Power Rankings here, presented to you by Energizer. Coming up next, I admit I did not see the Seahawks winning in Detroit. What that does for the rest of the NFC and the Power Rankings coming up next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Power Rankings presented by Energizer on NFL.com right now. Eric Ed Holmes teams 9 through 16. The Jaguars are down 2 to 9. The Saints are up 4 into the top 10, followed by the Jets at 11, the Bengals and Browns at 12 and 13, the Falcons at 14, the Seahawks, and somehow the 0 and 2 Chargers are at 16. I want to focus on the Saints here, Eric, because they are one of seven. Count it seven 
2-0 teams through two weeks in the NFC, which is the most we've had since the merger. The Saints are making, shall we call it, power moves. They're making a power move presented to you by Energizer. They won in Carolina against a rookie quarterback, and you still have them up four. Why? Spent too much time in the garage, Andrew. There's no question about it. But, yeah, no, beyond my love for the city of New Orleans, I mean, this Saints defense has been tremendous, right? They go 118-plus minutes without allowing their first touchdown of the season. It comes in not exactly garbage time, but but when they were in a prevent defense. And that's now 10 straight games that they've held their opponent under 20. That's a pretty good bar to, to set for uh, for this league, even if scores may be down a little bit. So, look, I know that Derek Carr is still settling in. I know it took them really three and a half quarters to kind of get the deep passing game going. We saw Chris Olave on the deep shot. We saw Rashid Shahid. I want to see more of that, right? I'm a little worried about the injury to Jamal Williams, the thinness of the backfield until Kamara gets back. But Tony Jones did step up in the short yardage game, scored a couple touchdowns. So it's a pretty good football team right now. If I had to see them play the Falcons, I imagine they'd probably win by a field goal or a touchdown. I mean, I think they're just a little ahead of Atlanta right now and clearly outpacing a team like Carolina that they dispatched on Monday. There are three teams in the NFC South, three teams in the NFC East that are 2-0. and Saints, obviously, one of those teams. You mentioned the stat about holding the opposition under 20. It's now 10 straight games under 21. There is where the bar is. And, ah. and the Patriots... The Patriots, just to put it in perspective, the last decade are the only team with a streak longer than that. Their streak was 11 a couple of years ago. The Saints have now done that 10 consecutive games. And getting ready for game day final uh, on NFL Network on Monday night, I stumbled upon this as well, which blew me away. The last five years, the Saints are the best road team in the NFC. Matter of fact, there's only one team better than the Saints in all the NFL on the road the last five years, and that's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Never wow. in a million years would I have guessed that. They've cycled wow. through quarterbacks now with Drew Brees retiring. Right now it's Derek Carr's team. And this week it's the Saints on the road at Green Bay, which is going to be fun because Jordan Love's actually playing well. Joe Barry's defense, though, that would be another issue. All right, let's get to the rest of it here. After the Saints, we've got the Jets at 11. We have, Eric, the Bengals and Browns at 12 and 13. The Bengals are 0-2. The Browns beat the Bengals. That said, yeah. the Browns now have Nick Chubb. You still have them, though, below the team that they beat up week one. I think had Chubb not gotten hurt Monday night, I think had Deshaun Watson not played as poorly as he did, I can I certainly make a case for them being above them. Now, the Bengals, obviously, we don't really know what they are at this point. So it's a fantastic debate. I wouldn't really stand in your way if you if you argued the other way was true. How are the Browns going to the other uh, respond to this injury, right? What does Jerome Ford give them? Is there somebody outside the building who's going to help? And biggest question, Andrew, you know this team very well. What is going on with Watson? I mean, there are times when things are working pretty well, but there are other times when balls are sailing four yards out of bounds or, you know, trying to be too fine, turning the ball over. Obviously, he, he gifted him 14 points. So... Look, there, there's a lot to figure out right now for this quarterback whose contract anchors him in Cleveland. I'll be honest. I don't think he has it anymore. I watched him. I, I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. I see the ball sailing. I see his accuracy down. I see um, his yep. eyes down, feeling the rush and not seeing some wide open receivers. Um, I know it's only two weeks, but you take these two weeks with the last six weeks of the 2022 season. Um, yeah. 
I think they're in trouble, the quarterback. I'll be honest with you. They also have to go find a yeah. running back. I like Jerome Ford. I loved him last year as well in the very limited time that we saw him. I would say go trade for Cam Akers. I made that point as well on the Instagram and the Twitter. Um, that's what I would do. I still think they're a playoff team with a playoff defense, but they have a quarterback issue right now, period. All right, let's get to a team that we trust. The team that we trust today presented to you by Truist Bank. The team that we trust is in Seattle. The Seahawks are number 15. Eric, you have them up three after going into Detroit, and I did not see this coming, beating the Lions in overtime. Nor did I, even though we had some evidence of that type of game week four last year when these two teams met. I think it was, what, 48-45 last time. A little lower scoring this time, but I was impressed with the resolve of the Seahawks losing that game in week one by, what, three scores and not looking very impressive in doing so. Maybe the Rams are a little bit better opponent than we thought coming into the year, at least that I thought. But Seattle, the way they stepped up, and even without some key guys out there, they were down to Trey Brown at defensive back after Reek Woolen got hurt. Brown gets a sack on you know, a couple plays later. Really love the way Geno played. The sack at the end, okay, not the greatest play in his career, but everything else almost was on point. He looked like the quarterback that deserved that extension of the offseason. The one who played so well last year. So big season saving. I mean, I would argue that, that this is as big a victory as you could imagine for you know, a, a team that plays in San Francisco's division and, and can't afford a ton of losses like that. Yeah, absolutely. They did it without the their starting left tackle and their starting right tackle. And Geno Smith was only hit once the entire game. And that one hit came out of play. He should have thrown it away. He was trying to milk the clock down before the two-minute warning. He's running backwards like he's Aaron Brooks. He almost threw the ball backwards. <laughs> I kid. He didn't. But they won that game and they protected that quarterback against a Detroit defense that has some issues, now loses Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as well. And the Seahawks go home and they get a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young in Seattle. So potentially they go to 2-1. and one. So yeah, I would argue it would save their season. The Chargers, let's get to them, Eric, now badly need to save their season. They are 0-2 on the road this week against an equally desperate 0-2 Minnesota team. The Chargers fell 4. You still have them at 16 after losing a game yet again that they should have won this time in Tennessee in overtime. That's the frustrating part, Andrew. I see this team. I see a roster full of talent. I see a team that should be better than it is right now. And maybe that's coloring my view of what they actually are. It's possible they deserve to be in the 20s somewhere based on how they've played so far. At least the pass rush stepped up, but I've got major questions about how they're covering on the back end. The secondary, once again, was picked on against the Tennessee team that was very much humbled, at least offensively, in week one at New Orleans. Couldn't get anything going, played very conservatively out of respect maybe to the Saints not so much respect for their week two opponent the Chargers continue to give them opportunities to move the football in big chunks large tracts of land at a time not what you want to do defensively especially his philosophy Brandon Staley's supposed to be the kind of guy that makes you work to get down to the end zone it just didn't happen on Sunday and will it ever you know now you got to stop Kirk Cousins Justin Jefferson I don't know is that is that possible Tennessee's not a big strike team Brandon Staley puts an umbrella at the top on that defense and when Ryan Tannehill had to stretch the field and get big plays they did it in the fourth quarter and in overtime that's not Brandon Staley's defense and now that defense uh, that traditionally has not stopped the run goes to Minnesota to face a team that hasn't even tried to run these last yep. two weeks. They don't even try with Alexander Madison there. I, I know they fell in the hole 
um, in Philadelphia on TNF, and Kirk Cousins rallied them back. Who knows what that game is going to be like? Uh, two assistants who know each other as well, now as head coaches, used to be with the Rams and Kevin O'Connell and Brandon Staley. So there are no secrets here, and both teams badly, badly need that game in Minnesota. They are 0-2. They are still in the top half of the power rankings. We are halfway through. Coming up on Power Rankings here, presented to you by Energizer, the best of the rest. How about that team in Washington? And what do we make of the Titans now? That's right around the corner. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, everybody, you're watching the NFL Power Ranking Show presented by Energizer. You're also listening on a podcast, so I shall read these names to you. At 17, Eric Edholm has the Pittsburgh Steelers up two. He has the Packers down three to 18, followed by the Commanders, the Titans, the Buccaneers at 21, the Vikings, the Broncos, and the Rams at 24. Eric, let's talk about the Washington Commanders and a big Sam Howell second half rally and then a hold on for dear life win in Denver. Hey, sometimes you need those, right? I mean, these are the kind of victories that a team gets when they kind of turn the corner a little bit. We'll see, right? They have Buffalo next week. A lot still to figure out, but I love the way they played in the second half, both defensively shutting down Russell Wilson. Marvin Mims had beaten him twice in the first half. And then offensively as well, Sam Howell had gotten beaten beaten up a little bit, took some lumps in the first half, really spread the ball around. How about that beautiful ball to Terry McLaurin in the end zone? I just think the Sam Howell thing is really interesting all of a sudden if the offensive line can hold up. And again, next week will really tell us how far off am I on their rankings? Are they a better football team than what I'm putting them at right now? They get the Buffalo Bills coming into FedEx Field in week number three. I have said it really all summer, Sam Howell, has some nice pieces around him. Mm-hmm. He could deliver the football pretty well downfield. That strike to the end zone was, was just ridiculous. He's interesting here as Ron Rivera gets career victory number 100 as a head coach. Let's power through some of these. You have the Titans at number 20. Eric, they are up two. They go to Cleveland to face a Browns team gutted emotionally and on a short week. Yeah, and obviously the Titans were kind of humbled in week one, came back, picked themselves up, won a big overtime game, even if it came against the Chargers team that that we've panned a lot. I mean, look, Ryan Tanhill's improvement one week to the next, I thought was pretty stark. He was great on Sunday, and they had to have that, right? They had to have somebody who can make those big throws in key times. They're down 11-0. They call the deep ball. So also some evidence that Mike Vrabel understood, hey, our season might be on the line here. They win in overtime, huge one for them. How great a team are they? I don't know, but I think they've got good coaching, smart players, and some real toughness to them. They are one spot ahead of the Buccaneers, who are up 3-21. to 21. The fighting Baker Mayfields are 2-0 for the third consecutive season, Eric, but the first time with Baker Mayfield and not Tom Brady. 
Yeah, and I think everybody looked at the Bucks this offseason and said, okay, they're rebuilding, it's a bad division, blah, blah, blah. Look, they kept a lot of their high-end players. Obviously, Mike Evans was out there dusting people uh, on Sunday, and he could still do it. Certainly, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett had an unbelievable game as well, finishing off the Bears there at the end with the interception and, and run back. And you know, this, is, this is a really interesting club here, right? If they can pressure defensively, they have success. If Baker Mayfield plays with the kind of confidence he does, he has in the first two weeks and back to that kind of swashbuckling uh, uh, version of him that we saw early in his career, we saw in college football, maybe the Bucks are better than we realize. So we'll find out a lot when they go up against Philly and, and that's going to be a good test to see where they stand. What kind of barometer are we going to be able to give them next week? That is a Monday night game. I'm smiling and laughing here. You said swashbuckling. He quite literally now, Baker has a pirate on the side of his helmet. <laughs> that's right. So it, he is Mr. Ebor City. Um, I think it fits. All right, let's get 25 to 32 in here. The rest of the rankings, all available on NFL.com. It's the Patriots at 25, followed by the Raiders, the Panthers, the Giants, your dreadful Bears at 29, the Colts, <laughs> the Texans, and the Arizona Cardinals. Can you pick a team here, Eric, with about two minutes to go, a minute and a half to go, that you think can maybe climb out of this mess? Yeah, on the one hand, you might sort of pick one of the young quarterbacks that could make a case for the way Anthony Richardson's played, but he's gotten hurt in both games. That scares me. Bryce Young, haven't seen a lot out of him to this point. I would say that my best bet, as unsexy as it sounds, probably New England. Look, they could be, they could technically be 2-0 and at this point. They came down to the last few plays in both games, the loss against the Eagles and Dolphins, and I could make a case for the Eagles and Dolphins being top five teams. They're in my rankings, so... That's probably the team I would pick, Bill Belichick coaching and maybe some improvement of not shooting themselves in the foot in these games. That would be a good start. Imagine this conversation next week. If the <laughs> Patriots lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Imagine. They are 0-2 for the scary. first time since 2001. And Drew Bledsoe? Yeah. Imagine if they go 0-3. Yep. That's going to do it for the NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer for Eric Edholm in very sad Chicago. My name is Andrew Siciliano, and eh, kind of happy and content. Los Angeles, every Tuesday on the NFL Channel or on the podcast. See you later, guys. NFL Power Rankings is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.